It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com Networks. Hope you had a great weekend, and we're going to dive right back into free agency today, which is basically over for the Packers, unless they make a really, really, really low-level signing. The Packers don't have anybody else to lose of substance, and there's really no one else to sign anywhere of substance. So for the most part, free agency is over. I have turned my attention to the draft. Uh, We're going to go back over a few things, though, including the Packers losing Jared Cook to the Raiders over the weekend. Before we get into that, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the fantastic Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Fantasy. And of course, check out my website, Packer Report, where I've been busy replacing all the lost free agents. Yesterday, I read about replacing TJ Lang, uh, mentioning the top six guards in the draft. I talked to a couple scouts about that. And also over the weekend, I replaced Micah Hyde with six of the best slot cornerback targets. And if you are not a member over at Packer Report, if you sign up today and type in the coupon code FA2017, that's FA2017 free agency. Get that cover stuff. FA2017. If you buy one month, I will buy the next two for you. So basically it's three months for the price of one with two months of that on my dime. So not only does that take you through the draft, but let's say March 20th, takes you through June 20th, which means that probably will take you through the entire offseason program. Minicamp, um, OTAs, all that kind of good stuff too. So you'll get three months of coverage for a mere $10. All right, on to the show, and a look back at free agency. The Packers have lost seven unrestricted free agents. That would be TJ Lang, Micah High, J.C. Treader, Jared Cook, Eddie Lacy. Dayton Jones, Julius Peppers. Big list. Um, the Oakland Raiders lost nine. The Dallas Cowboys lost nine. The Minnesota Vikings also lost seven. However, it's the net loss where Green Bay just is <laughs> Green Bay cleaning up the field in the net loss column. Dallas is minus seven as well. They they lost nine and signed two. Oakland's minus five. Losing nine, signed four. Green Bay, of course, is minus six. With the seven losses and only Martellus Bennett signed. The Vikings lost seven, but have, but have signed four. So they are minus three on the, uh, it's like the, jokingly call it the giveaway-takeaway table of free agency. So what does this mean? Well, OverTheCap.com, I love OverTheCap. Over, the guys over the, over the cap do a great job. Jason Fitzgerald, who I don't know, runs the website, and there's a guy named Nick Corte 
hope I'm saying Nick's name right. It's supposed to seem as Forte, so I'm guessing it's Corte. Um, does a really good job. He does the um, compensatory picks projections. So what can Green Bay, remember, this is for the 2018 draft. This is for 2017, all they have is a fifth rounder for Casey Hayward. So we're talking about the 2018 draft. Now, by rule, you can only get four. And by rule, they don't compound. So, you know, at the end of this, they got a bunch of sixth rounders. They don't, that doesn't suddenly become a fourth because you lost a bunch. Nope. Not how it works. So the latest projections, and they have changed since I last told you this stuff. They have uh, TJ Lang giving the Packers a third round pick, which I thought would be the case. Um, if you're based on last year's money, um, guys around $9 million per year gave you a third round pick. Um, TJ is at $9.5 million a year. Um, he's pretty close to that cut line, though. But so much money was spent this offseason. There's so much money that basically this stuff on last year's numbers is uh, a bit dangerous. But it's money, snaps, and postseason honors. Now, money is by far the biggest thing. But if you're kind of on the fringe, then it becomes stuff like playing time and postseason honors. So for Green Bay, you hope that TJ Lang has a good year and you know starts 15, 16 games for Detroit. It's Mike McCarthy would call him. So TJ Lang gets the Packers a three. Micah Hyde was worth a five. Martellus Bennett is worth a five. So boom, those cancel out. The Packers will get a five for J.C. Treader. And then everybody else are six-rounders. Jared Cook, Eddie Lacy, Dayton Jones, Julius Peppers, all six-round compensatory picks. So at the end of the day, they will get, at least based on, on the projection... A three for Lang, a five for Shredder, a six for Cook, a six for Lacey, and nothing at all for Dayton Jones and Julius Peppers. Now, Green Bay, that gives Thompson the option of go signing somebody. Um, so there's not a lot of great guys left. Um, hell, there are no great guys left. But you know, maybe you can find a depth player in, in the backfield or, 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 in, or in the offensive line or something. Because at this point, you're going to lose Jones and Peppers. They get absolutely nothing in return. So in my opinion, you might as well go sign someone. Sign someone cheap who, does, who, who doesn't really affect the, the table too much because of you've lost so many guys. So Jared Cook for the Raiders averaged $5 million per year. Yeah, he was getting about six here in Green Bay. So uh, that's a financial blow, and you wonder... If Jared Cook's a little upset with how all this played out, I would be. Now, if you're talking a guy that make $5 million a year or $6 million a year, maybe you don't give a crap because, you know, you're, you're like the rest of us. $5 million a year is a lot of money. But would you be, would, would you be ticked off if someone cost you a million dollars a year? I would be interested to hear your thoughts on that. My email is packrader2002 at yahoo.com. So not a great offseason for Jared Cook. Lines at the Raiders, though. So at least he's got a good team. Um, a team that would have made the playoffs last year had David Carnock get hurt a quarterback. So a, uh, a pretty decent final landing spot, other than a money loss, a, a decent final landing spot for Cook. All right, where do the Packers stand salary cap-wise? According to the latest from the NFLPA, and by the latest I mean looking on my telephone right this minute at the NFLPA website, the Packers stand 11th with 24 
$1.088 million. So just a hair over $24 million of available cap space. I get this all the time, and I explain it all the time, but I will do so again. Why do the Packers have all this cap space? Well, look who's coming up in free agency. Ha Clinton Dix was the first-round pick. Devonta Adams, the second-round pick. Um, the third and fourth set, thir- the third and fourth that year. Richard Rodgers, nah. Um, Jesus, I just had totally just. Oh, Kyrie Thornton was with Detroit now, and Carl Bradford was the fourth, so they're all out of the window. But you know, the first one was Clinton, first rounder Clinton Dix, second rounder Devonta Adams, fifth rounder Corey Lindsley. Those guys are going to get a lot of money. I wrote about this over at Pack Report last week. Um, obviously, Clinton Dix is a terrific player. If Micah Hyde is getting more than $6 million a year, what is Clinton Dix worth? Um, at wide receiver, um, the Vikings signed Adam Thielen, kind of a one-year wonder kind of player, to a three-year, $27 million contract. That's $9 million per year. If Adam Thielen is worth $9 million a year as a young and ascending player who's really only had one good year, what is Devontae Adams worth as a young and ascending player who's really had one good year? And then Corey Lindsley, if J.C. Treader, his backup, is worth more than $5.5 million a year, what is Corey Lindsley worth? So, look, I have just spent a lot of money in a hurry. And, I, and so you, you got that perspective. Um, B, you need to save money to sign your draft picks. That's five, five and a half million, whatever that's going to be. So you need to sign money to sign draft picks. Um, you need a few bucks for in-season signings. And look, they only have 60 players under contract now, right now, 6-0. So what you say? Well, you take 90 to training camp. So they got to sign. They've got to sign thirty more guys now. Those guys don't count against the cap at this point of the year. Only the top fifty-one players signing are counting against the cap. But you do need some financial wiggle room here. To get, it is interesting. This is really not pertaining to the salary cap, but the Packers have sixty guys under contract, fewest in the league. So Thompson's got to sign thirty. And at this point, he's got eight draft picks. Um, so that makes that gets up to 68. I'm good at math, right? 60 plus 8, 68. Damn, am I smart? Whew. Um, actually, Buffalo's got 55. It's, it's very small print here on my phone. Buffalo has 55. Nobody else other than Green Bay has less than 60. So they got a lot of work to do to get up to 90 players. Not, not that, again, not, not that that does not affect the salary cap whatsoever. But So you're wondering why Ted Thompson's sitting on $24 million of cap space? Clinton Dix, Adams, Lindsley. That's why. Those guys are going to cost a lot of money to sign. And safety, Morgan Burnett, also in that group of unrestricted free agents for next year. Burnett finishing up his contract averages about $6 million a year. Again, if, if Micah Hyde is worth $6 million a year, how much is Morgan Burnett worth? Now, Green Bay seems to have, seems, of course, being the key word, seems to have some depth there. Um, Kentrell Bryce showed a lot of promise. Even Marwin Evans showed some promise last year um, back in camp in the preseason. So there were at least some young talent if you want to move on from Burnett. But I mean, those are some big money players. That, you know, Clinton Dix, Adams, Lindsey Brent, those guys are going to get a lot of money. 
So I assume that plays a big role in why Thompson, once again, is uh, keeping his uh, money in his mattress at home. So tying those two things together, Green Bay's lost seven free agents, probably going to make it eight. I don't think they're going to. Re- I don't think they're going to bring back bring back Brett Goode, the long snapper. Um, my feeling is they're going to try to move on from that. And if you need to bring back Goode, you hope he's available in August. If you feel like, oh crap, this isn't working with whoever you got. I know they have Tabor Pepper. He's the only other snapper on the, on the roster. He snapped at Michigan State from 2012 through 2015. Didn't play last year. He was uh, undrafted, unsigned, all that kind of good stuff. Or bad stuff. Maybe not good stuff. Bad stuff. Um, so, what do you do? What is Thompson thinking here? Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. I got into this over at Pack Report God, Saturday, I think. I understand. Look, the defense isn't any good. So what's the point of bringing back Micah Hyde, Peppers, and Dayton Jones? What, what is the point? If you feel that your defense needs to get faster to get better, then there's no point whatsoever in paying those contracts. Of course, the problem is you've got to replace those players. And since uh, Thompson won't sign for agents, um, again, you can argue that's good policy. Um, and I think I I certainly understand it, too, I, to, to a degree. Um, especially when you got a lot of guys coming up who are, who are important. Then it becomes incumbent that you have a great draft class. Because to me, this is rebuilding on the fly. You, you need a guard after, after losing Lang. You need a running back, a complementary piece at least, after losing Lacey. And now you need, look, you need a corner anyway. And now you've lost your most productive guy in Hyde. Um, Peppers and Dayton Jones, you know what? I, I'm sure there's not a, I shouldn't say that. To exaggerate my point, I'm sure there's not a single one of you out there who care that the Packers lost two guys, and rightfully so. Um, you, you, need, you need to get better there. There's no doubt. Outside linebacker is the spot in a 3-4. And Jones and Peppers, they are, they, they're, they're not good enough. You know, Peppers is too old, and, and Dayton Jones was a first-round flop. So fine, you move on. But you still got to replace them. Because what, what makes you think that Kyler Fackrell is part of the solution? I mean, he didn't do anything last year. Because I'm sort of not going to throw him out of the picture here. After a, a poor rookie season, he can certainly get better, and, and probably will. But I mean, at this point, you've got Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Kyler Fackrell, and Jaron Elliott. Those are your outside linebackers. You've got to go get two, three. I mean, you, you probably have to draft two. Well, hell, you got to get more than that. You have to draft two and probably sign a couple undrafted guys to to get eight or nine in the camp. I would say. It's a great draft class, by the way, at that position. As much as you can 
project outside linebackers because, I mean, it is such a crapshoot. I'm projecting, you know, hand on the ground, 4-3 defensive ends and whether they can play 3-4 outside linebacker. That is a lot of projection. There's a lot of, there's a lot of guys to project at that. That's, you got that going for you. So you, you, got, you got to, you're going to have to draft well there to impact players. Um, you're going to have to draft a guard probably in the first two rounds. I mean, I did a story on that yesterday over at Pack Report. Um, I, I, I like my first four options that I published. Don't really like the next two. And then you're just, then now you're just, then you're down to wishing and hoping that the guy that you pick is ready to play. Because look, I, look, I get this, and you guys have all pointed this out to me. Big deal, we got TJ Lang in the fourth round. Big deal, we got Josh Sitton in the fourth round. Big deal, we got David Bakhtiari in the fourth round. Just get a guy in the fourth round. You'll be, yeah, that's all well and good. TJ Lang didn't start as a rookie. Josh Sitton did not start as a rookie. Um, he got a couple starts uh, the middle of that year. Um, but Josh Sitton, TJ Lang did not start as rookies. Now, Bakhtiari did only because he had to. I mean, the original plan was was Balaga at left tackle. Balaga gets hurt. Bakhtiari goes in. Boom, he's your left tackle. So he, he might have started anyway at right tackle. But um, the, I don't know. I don't know that there is a fourth round guard in this draft who you can start right away. You've got Barclay, you've got Spriggs. Maybe they'll be fine. I don't know. Um, beats me on Spriggs. I mean, he, I thought he was kind of okay when he started a couple games in midseason. Um, when they needed a guard after Lang got hurt in the playoffs, it was back to Don Barclay. He won it. It wasn't that Spriggs. Um, this, maybe it's just a personal preference thing. I don't like six foot six guys at guard. Um, I'm sure there are guys in history who've played well at guard at that height. Not my cup of tea. So maybe maybe that's my bias here. Is I just think he's too tall. Maybe maybe he will prove me wrong. But I, I I thought he was too tall and not strong enough to play guard. And again, to me, this is a four man guard class. There are four guys who start in Green Bay scheme. Um, the other guys I mentioned are pretty good players. I just don't know if they can play for Green Bay. Um. So to me, you got to get a guard right away. So you got to get a guard right away, and you have to get outside linebackers right away to replace the, those guys. Obviously, you got to get a corner right away to add to the mix. Um, you you need to get a decent running back to pair with Montgomery. That's a lot of that's a lot of you've got a draft kind of guys in the draft where you are picking at the bottom of all these rounds. You, you got one in every round, an extra round, one in the fifth because of losing Hayward. So you're not exactly overloaded with draft picks here. So in other words. You've got a lot to do and not a lot of resources to get that done. And that's going to be the challenge here. Thompson's going to have to have a great draft. He's going to have to have a 2014 draft where Clinton Dix, um, what did he start, 12 games as a rookie? He was your first-round pick. Um, Devontae Adams showed you some stuff as a, as a rookie second-round pick. I mean, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot because... You know, Cobb and, and Nelson were so good, but Adams played pretty well as a rookie. Third-round pick, Richard Rodgers, um, played a lot of snaps as a rookie. I realized there's warts in his game, but at least he played and gave you some um, decent snaps. Um, so he's going to have to have that kind of draft. And, you know, Corey Lindsley, the, the fifth-round center, started right away. 
So he's going to have to have that kind of draft, if not better. Now, this is a, by all accounts, a unbelievably deep draft. So I, I, I think the odds are as much in Thompson's favor as possible that he can pull us off, but he's going to have to do a great job, and the coaches are going to have to get these guys up to speed right away. I mean, there's a chance that the guard that you draft is going to have to start right now. And you know what? There, there's going to be very little breaking in period. I mean, the running back that you draft is going to have to play. He's going to have to play right away. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's going to have to play right away. The guy you drafted cornerback, he might have to play right away. Um, the outside linebacker you draft, without question, he's going to have to play right away. So this is a hugely important draft to get the right guys and then to coach them up. Because these guys are going to have to play now. I mean, even as it is, Rodgers is going to have to carry this offense like never before for the first four, six, eight games. And then the hope is that all these guys that you drafted by week nine, by week 10, by week 14, when they are, you know, 300 snaps into it, 500 snaps into it, 700 snaps into it, now are ready to go. And they're not, the rookies only name only, and they are experienced players who've grown throughout the season to become legit players for you. You know, like Corey Lindsley became that kind of player for you. Um, Clinton Dix became that kind of player for you. Um, you know, even you know, you go to the playoff game against the Cowboys in 14. Devontae Adams is that kind of player for you, where he grew throughout the year, and when you needed him in a playoff game, he came through for you. You're gonna need to have a repeat of that. Otherwise, this team is screwed, right? I mean, if you can't if you didn't draft a guy to replace TJ Lang and you're stuck with Barclay or Spriggs and they're not good enough, and, and there's a chance that those guys are not good enough, you're screwed. Um if Randall and Rollins just are not any good. And the guy that you drafted to replace Micah Hyde isn't any good? No, you're screwed. You know, just the facts. You know, if the running back that you draft to pair with Montgomery and he's he's not worth a crap, and then, you know, either Montgomery gets hurt or he wears down or you need... Look, he can't play every snap. He's not Superman. So you... you, you uh, Give Montgomery a series off, and that you know your backup running back blows a passer section of seven, and it's a, a sack fumble. Now you're screwed. These guys are going to have to play well and get better as the season goes on, or this team just really has no chance. But it's, I, you know, other than Lang, I, I guess I I'm on board with what Thompson's doing here. But it's it's a tremendous gamble. I mean, he's betting on himself, he's betting on his coaching staff, and he's betting on his scouting department to get this done. All right, everybody, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Packers. My sincere thank you for listening. Have a great day and a great start to your week, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app 
And be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.